Hey guys, welcome to where lip blip blip blip. I'm sharing another dream catcher story, which is so rad. Jeffrey's here, obviously. He won't leave us alone the entire episode. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about one of my favorite books that you should totally grab right now. And there was something else that I talked about. I just told it to you, Jack. What was it? You're supposed to help me remember. Oh my gosh! Lynn Manuel Miranda. New song. It's maybe not new. It could be years old, but it's new to me. It's new to you. And yes, I'm going to sing it to you. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Rach Talk. I'm dressed like your favorite fighter pilot, wearing basically pajamas. Jeff's here, as always, because you're joining us at home. I don't want to, see, he had mouth surgery, and so I don't want to like, this is the thing with playing ball. Is he going to injure his sutures or whatever, Jack? You're a vet, what do you think? Also, am I the only hippie I can't be the only person who has a collection of crystals. Like I have a, like crystal beads and I'll just be like, hmm, I need some rose quartz today. Do you do that, Jack? Do you do that, Nicole? Do you do that, Jeff? I know, okay, none of these people do, but I am positive. Comment in the section if, you're, if you have more than one crystal beaded something and you put it on like when you're, so thank you for asking, Jack. Um, Rose quartz is for grief, it's for healing, it's for trust, it's for love. And I just felt like I just needed the, I needed that today. So it's on and it's giving me something. This guy, this is garnet, which is my birthstone. And I guess you can't even see these. Can you even see these? You, you, we're not, we don't need a close up, right? You'll, they'll use your imagination. Maybe, maybe you draw it in After Effects for them. Um, this is a skull, which I love. Nobody asked about my bracelets, uh, but this is what we're talking about. Um, so this is Skull, and I put it on to remind me to be a badass. And then this is Labradorite. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a really powerful stone to help you transition through things. And I have been wearing this guy for two and a half years because I feel like... It's been a real long uh, evolution for me. And this is an evil eye that I got. I love an evil eye. Clearly, I wear one here too. But my friend RC, who you may recall from past things that we've done together, um, I was having coffee with RC and she brought me an evil eye. And lastly, this is a bracelet that I got from my boo thing at Christmas time. I guess in, I'm going to say ancient times, but that doesn't feel right. Let's say like Elizabethan. Again, I'm making it up. Spies used to use gems as a way to send code. So like whatever letter, I'm probably saying this so wrong, but whatever letter the the stone starts with that was like spelling something. And um, so this is, he said, me and him on a bracelet. So it's citrine and ruby. So it's C and R. Cause he's cute. Jack, he's cute. You know he's cute. You'd date him, right? Yeah, yeah. Jack actually stayed with us in Hawaii. Uh, me, Boo, and Jack just hanging out for several days because we did a coaching session from the island. I was like, hey, Jack, I really want to go to Hawaii. Will you do coaching there? And he was like, I guess. We watched a documentary about the kids in the cave, which I'm never going to get over. The story is insane. It's 
these kids, you might remember this, years ago, these kids on a soccer team were in an underground cave system and it started torrentially raining and then that cave system flooded. And they were down there for like two weeks or something and the only way they got them out was these like cave diver, scuba diver guys. And the cave diver guys had to like scuba dive for like three hours through this cave system. And then they realized that the only way they could get the kids out of the cave was to um, anesthesia, like to knock them out, put them in a scuba suit, and then like tote. If you have any claustrophobia issues, we there's one point we're all that we're freaking out. Another classic Netflix referral is something called the Alpinist. So it's a climber who would climb on ice, on stone, on like whatever. They'll climb whatever. I don't know why you would need this in your life, but if you want to stress out, if if you're like, you know what, I haven't, I haven't experienced a fight or flight in a moment. Or if you're like, I, you know what, my cortisol levels are just too low. I need to amp them up. The documentary, The Alpinist, the level of stress that you're going to have watching this kid climb mountains with no nothing. His fingertips, maybe an ice pick or whatever. He doesn't, definitely doesn't use an ice pick. He's not making a cocktail. I'm not going to spoil it, but... Prepare yourself. Oh, my Spotify played me a Lin Manuel Miranda, as you may recall, my future best friend, LMM, a song that I didn't know existed, and I'm not okay, you're not okay. And I think we can only play like 15 seconds of it or whatever, but um, I just want you, this is really only going to translate to my musical theater nerds. If you're not a musical theater nerd, skip for 30 seconds or something. But if you are a musical theater nerd, your heart's about to explode. We may not yet have reached our glory. Now real quick, just real quick, hold on, hold on. Many of you know that that's the first line from a song in Hamilton, but what is confusing you right now is you're thinking, that's not LMM. That's not LMM singing his classic song. You're right, it's Ben Platt. Because what we're about to experience is a musical theater mashup. Oh my God, they'll tell the story of tonight. If you have not seen Hamilton, shame on you. Okay, it's on Disney Plus. Look, I, if you can't afford it, it's expensive. It's as much as Jeffrey's dental surgery. If you can afford a ticket to Hamilton, if you can save your money, I, I, I like, look, I, hold on. <laughs> Serious moment. Maybe we go black and white here. Maybe we make it grainy like an old time movie, Jack. I need you guys to hear me real quick. There are two things in this life. Two. Jeffrey, I'm having a serious moment. I can't play ball. I'm, I'm being serious, they need to understand. There are two things in this life that are worth 10 times their price. The first thing is a ticket to Hamilton. I, I Don't challenge me on this. Yeah, it's expensive. I'm not gonna say it's not expensive. You save your money, if you can, whatever. You put a dollar away, after 79 months, you get to go see Hamilton. I know I'm dramatic, and you guys are gonna think I'm being dramatic. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? 
No, that's the thing. Okay, it's on Disney Plus, and I want to give you that option because it's not as expensive. If you have Disney Plus, then you go on there and you watch it for free. It, it's like apples and oranges. It can't even be, you don't get it. You don't feel it. You don't have the magic. You don't feel the like bass thumping in the room. If you feel like your creativity is stalled out, if you feel like you're stuck, if you feel like you need to be inspired, Mm. I literally wept, not cried, not gentle tears, wept. Like someone had, I was gonna say run over my dog, but that's too horrible, he's literally sitting right here. Like I could not control myself com convulsing. Why was it sad? Yes, but that's not why I was crying. I was crying because I was so proud of Lin-Manuel Miranda. I was proud of him as a fellow human. I don't know this guy. I was like, how did your brain create what I just saw? Every single part of it is amazing. Like the stage moves, the costumes, the, ah, it's so good. It's so good. Ten, it is worth 10 times the price. It's traveling all over the country. This sounds like an ad. It's not an ad. I, mm, worth it, okay? If you have to, have to, have to. You're like, Rach, I can't do it. Fine, Disney Plus, or just listen to the soundtrack on Spotify. It's amazing. Okay, that's one. Two, this is worth 20 times its price. A ticket to Beyonce. When and if Beyonce Knowles Carter decides to go on tour again, sell your car, give up your phone. What, what do you need to do to get into the room? What do you need to do to get into, she's not in a room, she's gonna be in an arena. I've told you before, I, I only have, one major regret in life, that I didn't go to Coachella when she was there. I don't regret anything. I believe everything happens like that there's meaning, right? Like I can find meaning in anything that happens and it's all flowing exactly as it's meant to. And I'm gonna tell you right now, there is no meaning in me missing homecoming. The level of excellence, Jack, the level of excellence, you can't even, I don't care if you don't even like her music. I'm judging you if you don't like her music. This was just a side. This has nothing to do with today's episode except that I need you to know if and when she goes on tour, my best friends and I have made a commitment. We made this commitment when On The Run 2, which was a long time ago, it was the last time she was on tour. We said next time our queen goes on tour, we are committed to five cities minimum. Five cities, Jack, five cities. Me, Ro, Beans, Sam, five cities we're seeing her in. And every time we will be blessed. So all of that to say, I know that was a long buildup to wrap around back here to my song. But this is from Hamilton. Have you ever felt Who's that, Jack? Is that LMM? That's LMM. So Ben Platt, who I know, as Benji from Pitch Perfect and Pitch Perfect 2. He's in a thing called Dear Evan Hansen. He started us off singing Hamilton. Here comes Lynn, here comes Lenny. Now he's gonna do the part that Ben does and it, it's a, there'll be more of us. If I sing over it, does that mean you can play it on YouTube? Here we go, here we go. Oh God, to carry you. When you're broken on the ground, you will be found. Okay, hold on. I don't know where this is from, 
So did, did they just like jump into a studio together and then perform this? What if this was like an award show or like the Tonys or something and nobody knew this was happening and then these two surprised everybody with a mashup? That's how it is in my head. And I want you to know that every time I listen to the song, which is about 150 times in the last two weeks since I discovered it, I imagine that I'm at an award show and I don't know that Ben and Lynn are performing and then they start performing this song and in this imagined scenario I want you to know that I'm weeping weeping <laughs> we're here at the uh, March for Our Lives uh, in DC and we're here to support these incredible students who have um, created a tipping point in our country they're leading the way and we're gonna sing a song and we're, we're here to have their back and support them. Couldn't have said it better myself. This is all long overdue and we're really happy to be part of it. I'm looking for a choir director. A choir teacher, a choir director, I know that's random. This, I have this idea for a project and I need to get advice from someone who has put a choir together. It can be elementary school, middle school, high school, I'm not looking for like fancy choir. Maybe it's a gospel choir that you've worked on. I just, my instinct today, I just keep thinking like, universe, God, where can I find someone to talk to? And then I thought, you should just ask people when you film Rage Talk later, because maybe one of your viewers is a choir director or they know one. Here's what I'm looking for. A choir director with like, but you're like joyful about it. You're joyful, you like working with people. They don't have to be like amazing. I'm not gonna ask you to teach me how to sing, I swear. I just wanna ask some questions. So please, y'all, don't send a note if you just like watched a movie about a choir once, but just like if you actually are this and you wouldn't mind talking to me to answer my questions, we're gonna put an email right here. Just send an email and subject line, just be like, I'm a choir director, because I have a question for you. More on that later. A few weeks ago, I was talking to you guys about how I couldn't figure out why my kids won't wear coats. Like they hate to wear coats to school. And by the way, y'all came through big. You commented, you told me, you were like, oh, I know why kids don't wear coats because the coat doesn't fit in their locker. It doesn't fit in their backpack. They don't want to carry it around in school because once you're in school, you're not cold anymore. It still feels a little silly to me because I'd rather be warm than cold, but thank you for the answers in the comments section. Here's another mom, a mom-versation, as it were. Someone has to have copyrighted that. Someone has got to have come up with mom-versation before me because if not, Jack, I need you to trademark that today. I need you to get your law degree, find out about trademark law, and trademark it by end of day. Thank you. I have a four-year-old daughter. She is about to turn five very soon here in a couple weeks, but she's, let's, for all intents and purposes, I guess I have a five-year-old daughter. She's five and she does this thing that I remember doing when I was a little girl and I remember it annoyed my mom so much and when she first started doing this, it annoyed me so much and then I have a totally different perspective on it. Noah changes her clothes 19 times a day. If it's a Saturday, her room will look like a tornado hit it, but it's a tornado that only affected princess dresses and sparkly things. She it changes her clothes, constantly changes her clothes. And yes, we are working on picking up after herself, but for the most part, she just consistently changing outfits. And 
I was getting so frustrated with her because she makes such a mess. And I remember my mom getting frustrated with me because I made such a mess. And so one Saturday, she's changed into yet another thing. And I'm like, Noah, girl, what on earth? Why do you keep changing your dress? And she's like, oh, I change whenever I get bored. <laughs> From the mouths of babes, I change whenever I get bored. And I just thought, what a beautiful idea from a little kid that whenever she feels like she wants to shake something up, she goes and finds the next colorful, sparkly, exciting things and just changes her outfit. I feel like there's something for us to take away from that on a lot of different levels. Maybe you're feeling a little bored right now or you're feeling a little stuck and you should change your dress change new jeans, change putting on something you haven't worn in a while from the closet, right? Maybe you need to change your hair. I'm still thinking about cutting my hair, you guys, TBD. Uh, maybe you just need to shake things up, but like the idea of looking for something to inspire yourself when it comes to clothes, I just thought that was really cool. And for anybody else who has a kid that keeps changing their clothes, maybe you ask them. Why are you doing that? In fact, any of you who have a kid that keeps doing something, something where they're playing, but the way they're playing, you're like, God, why, does, why do they do this? It's worth asking, why? Because I think we as adults have this idea of how our kids are supposed to act or who they're supposed to be. And oftentimes we're wanting them to function in their lives with the mindset of a 30 year old, not a five year old. And something really beautiful happens when you actually try and meet them at their level and just understand. Because at first, I was just seeing her making a mess. And now I see it and I'm like, oh, you're working on your creativity. And even more important than that, I love that she's finding a way to take on boredom. See, our kids are so conditioned now to look at a screen to pick up a tablet or watch YouTube or find a phone or play video games. I know I am not the only mom that is constantly trying to wrestle those things out of my kids' hands. And I love the idea of normalizing boredom. I think it's really important for kids to be bored. That's where their imagination is born. And for Noah right now, the way that she's combating it is with the most fabulous Elsa dress she can find. So. It's worth checking in with your kid or maybe with your inner child. Maybe you just need a sparkly dress. Okay, it's time for this week's featured dream catcher. Dream catchers are people inside of our community who have been working on the same goal for months and sometimes even years. And when they achieve it, they send us a video or take a picture and tell us their story. And they're so inspiring and Quite honestly, we haven't really done a very good job of showing off the work that people have done, so I really wanna celebrate them. So let's check out this week's story. The Start Today Journal is a tool to help you manifest the life of your dreams, and this daily practice helped me manifest my dream home. Allow me to explain. I'm a photographer, so I've always dreamt of living on the road full-time in a converted bus, van, or RV. So a year ago, whenever I was financially ready to take that plunge, I started following a bunch of accounts on Instagram of people who were doing just that. And I came across this one account that had the cutest camper I'd ever seen in my entire life, and I fell in love. I loved everything about it, the interior, the layout, the size, everything. 
So I instantly knew that I wanted a camper like that of my own someday. So every morning in my start today journal, I wrote down the words, I own my dream camper. And I spent the next couple of months going to RV dealerships, showing them photos of this camper and saying, this is what I'm looking for to no avail. And then three months later, I was sitting in the airport, fixing a board of flight to Phoenix, mindlessly scrolling through Instagram. And I see that my dream camper from the account that I mentioned was for sale. So I bought it and I fully credit the start today journal for helping make this dream a reality. Oh my gosh, so cool. Oh my gosh. You know what I love about this idea, this whole concept of people in community chasing dreams is that none of us have the same dream. Like we were just talking about this the other day, Jack and I went to a Tony Robbins conference like five or six years ago and in that conference, I was like dreaming and setting goals of doing this, right? Like having my own conference and writing books and having a podcast, all of these things that have come to fruition. And Jack's dream was to convert a van into, what do you call it? Like it's like a small home. Yeah, and I remember him telling us that at this conference and me being like, wow, this is wild. Like that is this huge goal and dream in his life. And it's so different from mine but we can be aligned in community over the fact that we're chasing something. There's beauty and commonality in us reaching for more. So I freaking love that we've seen people pay off their debt, people go back to school, people who are getting their nursing degree. She got a camper, someone else started a business, someone else went one more time through IVF and finally got their baby. Like It's so inspiring to see you guys live out your dreams. And it's not magic. I say this every single time. The Start Today journal isn't the key. The key is the consistency. The key is something every single day that grounds you in gratitude and then helps you to focus on your goals. So if you wanna do this practice for free, you can go listen to episode 72 of the podcast, grab any notebook you have and do that practice every single day. So if you want the pretty journal, then check out the description of this video and you can grab your own. I mean this dog. I can't even be mad at him. He's in recovery from his surgery, Jack. Mm -hmm. If I put him in the other room, he's gonna be really sad and he's gonna feel forlorn and like I've abandoned him and it's, you know, it's fine. Okay, so it's um, like five o'clock in the morning and I'm just having my coffee and I'm feeling really excited you know my intention for today is to have fun and to do this with love instead of fear but there's definitely a part of me that is like there's no way this is possible but then there's this little voice that's like but what if I don't know, this is a really fun little adventure and it's definitely not something a weenie would do. On Friday, I was um, going to yoga and I was like, there was weird traffic and I was gonna be late and I'm really chill about like, hey, if I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. I ended up getting to the yoga studio like three minutes after class started, which means I can't go into class. And so I was like bummed because I really want to go to yoga. My guardian angels, my spirit guides, they wanted me to go somewhere else. So I decided instead of going to yoga, I'm gonna go get a smoothie. As I'm driving to the shop, I see a big sign that says 
be aware there's a marathon on Sunday and I just know. But then I'm like, there's no way there's literally, I'm not, I'm the most I've run is six miles. Like you can't run a marathon. And then there's a part of me that's like, but what if you could? So I just get this wild idea. And right there in that moment, I drove to the expo. It was on Friday. I drove to the expo and I, I bought, I bought a marathon entry. I actually feel like super emotional because <laughs> I haven't gotten to do this in so long. <sighs> Gratitude. Gratitude run. I think that's one All thing. Alright, well, here goes nothing. Wrong. Okay, the last time I did a marathon, I dedicated every mile to somebody. And I thought that would be really cool this time. So the first mile I did in gratitude for myself. And really grateful for myself for doing crazy shit like this. The second mile is for Jackson. Just finished four miles. Good hammer first goo. It still tastes disgusting. I didn't think about how many hills were in Austin. And I'm looking at like basically a mountain that I'm about to climb on mile 12. And I'm, you know what? Sometimes, or a lot of the time, ignorance is bliss, man. If I had checked this route out before I signed up, I would've talked myself out of it. But here we are. Just passed. 15 miles and um, my low back really hurts. I think from running uphill so much. Other than that, I keep trying to remind myself. David Goggins says, when you feel like you're done, you're really at only 40%. And I don't feel like I'm done yet. And I passed 15 miles, so I feel this is gonna suck a little bit, but I got it. halfway through mile 18 and I am walking um, my basically I'm walking uphill like if it's uphill I'm walking and then I'm running the rest of it because my low back so angry and I would stop and really stretch but I'm worried that if I do my muscles will seize up and I won't be able to keep going so I'm just gonna walk the hill uphill run the rest and my only goal today is to freaking finish. So, um, just maybe a little slower than I normally would do a race, but I'm freaking doing it. Thank you guys. I have less than a mile left. Um, I can't believe this. I, I can't believe. I don't know. It hurts. Oh god, it hurts. <laughs> but I'm here and I'm so healthy.
was gonna um, do this marathon thing because I didn't want him to worry. Uh, and so then I told him at the beginning of the race and he was so wonderful and so supportive and I think he knew at that point it was too late to like worry about me. Um, but the one thing that the one thing that he was like insistent on was like, you have to take an ice bath. You have to take an ice bath. I've never taken an ice bath before. I hate cold water, as you'll recall from jumping into the ocean. But I also know that um, if I take an ice bath, the inflammation and the pain will be like way less. So um, my sweet 15 year old made me an ice bath and put on meditation music hello, Alexa, and, and, um, put Epsom salt, like he made a bath. It's the cutest thing ever. Um, so I'm going to attempt this and Boo says that I have to stay in the water for at least three minutes. I already started the shower so that I can go there immediately after. Oh, I hate this already. Um, Alexa, set a timer for three minutes. This feels like... Hmm. Honestly, kind of impossible, but oh, damn. Oh, God. It's okay. We're fine. Oh, Jesus. Mary and Joseph. Mm -mm. Oh, it's on my vagina. You made it to the vagina. Oh, just straighten out your legs. Frick, 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 frick. I'm touching the bottom. I'm touching the bottom. I know this isn't how an ice bath is supposed to go. My apologies to like every actual ice bath human for me getting it wrong, but at least I'm doing something. I started this year and I promised myself that I would stop being a weenie. I don't know if you saw that episode of Rach Talk, but I, it's only February and I have jumped into an ocean in England. I've gone skiing. I have run a marathon without training and I had dental work done. Yep. Day after this, I went and had dental work done, which you're laughing because that sounds stupid, but I am petrified of the dentist. And I was like, you know what? We're not a weenie. We can do hard things. And that means someone is going to give you a shot in your gums and you're going to live. If you started pushing towards things that scare you, if you start pushing towards that discomfort zone. I think you'd be shocked at the person you'd become. Okay, now it's time to learn something. Okay, did I just look like a crazy person, Jack? It doesn't matter, it's fine. I'm a little, I wouldn't call me crazy. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Recently, I did a series on podcasts called The Mindset for Success. It was three parts. I talked about how you need to focus, how you need to think. And I interviewed one of my friends who's incredibly successful in business and in life and asked him to tell me his tips too. One of the things we talked about in those podcasts was the importance of having people in your life, people in your inner circle who are at your level or above you in the areas that you want to succeed in. It's really important because if you're trying to do something that nobody in your circle has done, it can be really hard to believe that it's possible. Yes, there are ways. You can read books or listen to podcasts or watch YouTube videos like this one to help you understand 
how to model behavior of someone who is successful. But the best case scenario is if you have people, if you can actively work to find friends and acquaintances and people in your life who are trying to grow in the ways that you are trying to grow. The best example of that is other entrepreneurs or other people that I admire who I'm real life friends with. And my favorite is when one of those people recommends a book. So with the idea of your inner circle and them helping you to elevate, I wanted to share a book that Lauren Bostick recently shared with me. So Lauren hosts a podcast called The Skinny Confidential. I've been on it before. I actually got to go back and be on it again recently and chatted with her and her husband, Michael. And in between us being on camera, she was like, oh my gosh, have you ever read Louise Hay? Now, if you're not familiar, Louise Hay is like the godmother of sort of personal development with a spiritual bent. And she has since passed away, but her books have sold a gajillion copies. They're so good. And when Lauren asked me that question, I was like, you know, I never have. It seems crazy. I've never read Louise Hay. So she was like, you have to start with this book. She was so right. I got it on Audible and I bought the physical copy because I loved it so much. And now I want to recommend it to you. You Can Heal Your Life is, it's gotta be 25 years old and it is still so good. It's all about mindset and inner child and what we attract into our life. It sort of hits on a few things that I'm really interested in and it's so freaking great. So she reads it on Audible. If you wanna hear her voice, it's very soothing. But if you wanna take a deeper dive like I did because you wanna write notes in the margin, you can also grab it anywhere books are sold. I think you guys are gonna like it. If you wanna listen to the actual podcast and take a deeper dive, you can check out episode 249 to learn more. And if you want to experience that podcast yourself, you're in luck. Stick around because I've got a bonus segment coming up for you next. You can give it a listen. And if it feels like it's something that you need to take a deeper dive on, you can head on back to the original episode and consume the whole thing. All right, you guys, that is this week's episode of Rage Talk. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got a chuckle. I hope you learned something. If you dug it, tell your friends, man. Be like, this chick's awesome. Go hang out with her. You can find the show on podcasts. You can find the show on YouTube. And wherever you are enjoying it, please subscribe. It really helps hosts of YouTube shows and podcasts when you subscribe to our channels and you get a notification so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for hanging out. I will see you next week. And until then, remember, I love you. Jeffrey loves you. And we're both rooting for you. So at the beginning of every single year, I map out goals for myself. And if you've been with me for a while, you've probably heard me talk about a 10-year goal or sort of this vision that you have for yourself or what you want to do with your life or what's your legacy. And as time has gone on, I really have grown so much as a human, but also have really worked to deplete my ego and inflate my life. I don't really know another way to say that. That's I'm a writer and I should be better at however that sounds. But 
for the longest time, for years and years and years, I was chasing this ideal, right? I was chasing what it meant to be an entrepreneur. I was chasing making a certain amount of money. I was chasing having a certain amount of followers on social media. I was chasing all of these things. And I can look back now and understand that was absolutely fed by my ego. And I think when you talk about ego that we tend to think like egotistical, like, oh, that person's full of themselves, they have an ego, and that could certainly be it. But when I'm talking about ego, I'm more talking about the belief that we have built around ourselves or because of our family of origin or because of our society that says that in order for us to have value or worth, we need to check these boxes. We all have a version of this. Unless you are actively working constantly to kill your ego, to make that non-existent, then you've got something. You, It's why we buy the nicer car. It's why we feel like we need the nicer house. It's why more is more is more is more is more. And we're always chasing something bigger and better and greater. And because I grew up poor, I really chased wealth for a long time. That was so important to me to make money because I never wanted to have a life like I'd had in my childhood. I never wanted my kids to worry about whether or not we had money for food or to worry about whether or not we had money for rent. I I never wanted that for them. And so I worked really, really hard. And that's awesome. And I'm so proud of what I built and the money I made and the money I continue to make. What I can look back and understand now how it became warped was it never felt like enough. No matter how much money I made, it wasn't enough money. I Because I had this scarcity mindset, because I was living in fear that suddenly the money would go away and we'd be poor again. And I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs about this, especially those of us who grew up without money. And maybe you have this too. Maybe you're not an entrepreneur, but maybe you experience this, that you have this fear from childhood that you're going to run out or that it's not going to be enough. So you keep hustling to make sure that you've always got revenue coming in. And I have done so much work and so much therapy in the last couple of years and the last year especially to try and understand where that came from and how to dismantle it because If we believe that things outside ourselves give us value, we're always going to be lost. We're always going to be hustling for our worth. We're always going to be trying to chase something down. We're always, like, we'll never be centered. We'll never be grounded. We'll never be free. Ever. Because that thing will always hang over our heads and say, more, more, more. Oh, but if you just did this, but if you just did that, but if you just push a little harder over here and you work so hard on achieving these sort of worldly things and spend very little time asking your inner self if you're happy, if you're happy, if you're fulfilled, if you are doing okay. Like you 
start to associate outward success with the definition of whether or not you're okay. And I can tell you in the years, you guys have heard me talk about this, the years that I made the most money ever in the history of time was the most miserable year of my life. Absolutely run ragged, killing myself to keep up, hustle, hustle, hustle. And the thing was, I was surrounded by all these people in my field who were doing it too and who were more successful and were saying to go harder and push more and, oh, but you could do this and you could do this. And I'm so glad I went through that. I'm so freaking grateful that I went through that because if I had never achieved that kind of success, and I'm using air quotes, if I never had achieved that kind of success, then I wouldn't have known that that is actually not my definition of success. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.